Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Today, my friends, is a podcasting day. Why do I say that at the top of every show? I'll tell you why. It's because back in a pre-episode 300 world, I would start every show by saying that and then saying what day it was, be it, um, let's see if I can remember them, uh, movie Monday, TV Tuesday, book Wednesday, her video games day, or ha, internet day. Uh, now I jammed them all into one day, so there's no point in me saying that today is, at the top of every show, when they're all the same. But... Because I did it 300 plus times, it's hard to get it out of my brain. So, if you, listening to this, can think of a way that I could get something out of my brain that I did 300 times without sort of sticking sharp objects into my eye hole and lobotomizing myself, I would love to hear from you. You can email me to the address provided in the closing credits. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say this for the reason that... There will be spoilers, most likely, but also, similar to the first thing I said, I said it 300 plus times, this one I do want to keep. So, again, if we're going to go the lobotomy route, I'm going to need to keep this and get rid of the first thing. So, very delicate operation. Another thing, oh boy, that I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million (laughs) dollars. Excuse me. Yeah, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps. You, uh, what what are the other things you do? Jeez, you think I'd have this down after 330 plus episodes. Uh, You rate, subscribe? I'd love your subscriptions. Your subscriptions in iTunes along with comments would be ideal. Oh boy, should just lobotomize this episode, I think. Lobotomize this episode. Maybe the episode title, I don't know yet. Maybe something else will happen along the way that will be better than that. But so far, that's what the title of this episode will be. That will be the record for the title coming up quicker than any other uh, that I can recall. So, you know, that's something. That's something. Folks, I'm just going to push this button and that's going to get us started and hopefully things will ship up and shape out after I do so. Thusly. Ladies and gentlemen. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Siri Artificial Intelligence Intelligent Language Operated Robotic System, or Sailor for short. 
Saylor. <clears throat> okay, uh, looks like I've got three, which potentially, there is potential that I'll be able to fit them in within this five-minute chunk. You never know. Uh, movie the first, Avengers, colon, Age of Ultron. Mmm. Yeah, I finally got my hands on a copy of this. And boy, howdy, and uh, am I glad that I did so. Because, uh, you know, this is the kind of movie I like. So, figures that I liked it. The end. End, end of talk. No. Uh, yeah, I love the first one. Uh, what Joss Whedon did with that sort of uh, made me love movies of this ilk. Whereas my desire to watch them was always there. Like, I like your Spider-Mans, and I even like your Fantastic Fours, but uh, they felt kind of like a genre that uh, I watched more for the pretty pretty pictures and explosions than I did for any other reason. Whereas, uh, you can have that, and then also have, um, you know, acting and dialogue, and the odd laugh, which I think is probably, for me, the most important thing. And uh, I've mentioned this before in a lot of different genres, uh, and I wish I did it more in video games, but uh, since we're talking movies, something that I find can take a good movie and bring it up to a great movie is the addition of a couple of laughs here and there, no matter what the genre. Uh, if it's a horror movie, if you, from time to time... And it doesn't have to be, you know, lowest common denominator. It could be very, very subtle. But if you're having your life uh, pass through in a movie and you want me to believe that this life is believable and real, um, I'm much, 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 much more easily able to suspend my disbelief uh, if you throw a few laughs from time to time. Because that's life. You got your ups, you got your downs. You take them both, and there you have the facts of life. What? No. Uh, anyways, uh, Age of Ultron has that. Uh, there, there's moments of seriousnesses, and of course, when you get these sort of people together, uh, if, if it took itself 100% seriously 100% of the time, I don't think it would be a very good movie. Um, that being said, this movie has a shit ton of action and explosions and pretty, pretty things of that nature that uh, I greatly enjoyed it. I'm going to go 5 out of 5. Uh, yeah, just period, basically. If you liked the first one, I think you'll like the second one. More of the same? Yeah, to a degree. Uh, yeah, to a degree. Like, uh, I guess that's... Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Maybe I'll leave that up for you to decide. Uh, and move on to my next movie called Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, plot twist. Uh, let me read the Imbida, just in case you haven't heard of this one. Uh, three magazine employees head out on an assignment to interview a guy who placed a classified ad seeking a companion for time travel. Uh, starring uh, Aubrey Plaza, who uh, I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie that I didn't enjoy her, so... Uh, that's one of the reasons I sort of uh, pulled the uh, the old plug on this, and it has a uh, Duplass. Isn't it a Duplass brother? Uh, where is he? Oh uh, yeah, Mark Duplass. He he's also here. Uh, and again, any Duplass film seems to tickle bones in me, be they funny or otherwise. Um, so I, I thought it would be a good mix. Uh, the other thing is, and I think I mentioned this last episode. Uh, Netflix said I would like this movie. 
And uh, I think in last week's talk of that thing in particular, it for the first time ever let me down, if I do recall. Uh, still, I gave it another chance, and I'm glad I did, because uh, rating-wise, probably go 4 out of 5, maybe even 5 out of 5 on a Sunday, on a lazy Sunday. It's that sort of dark comedy that I have spoken of so far. Taking uh, real life with the addition of, I suppose, time travel, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, and then having me make that, having me believe it more readily because uh, it's got your ups and your downs. It's got both. It's got your laughs and your sads. Uh, which I, something I think we see more and more often of now is a movie that doesn't easily sort of fit in a genre per se. It's just uh, a series of events. Motherfucker. It's just a series of events. Uh, some are laughy, some are cryy. They all just sort of happen, and you don't need to necessarily pigeonhole it into one uh, genre or another. Genre. Uh, as you heard, we're out of time. Fuck, even with three movies, I, I should have sped up a little bit. You know what, I think it's, uh, there's in the back of my mind, there's always a worry of, um, of, uh, ru- of, of running out of things to talk about before I run out of time. But that has never happened, so I don't know why <laughs> I have that, to, that particular worry. Uh, next movie, uh, and final movie, is Insidious, colon, chapter three. Ooh, a double colon movie monologue. Uh, we're one colon away from uh, Human Centipede, basically. <laughs> Insidious Chapter 3 is the third in the Insidious series, as you can uh, imagine and do the math on. Uh, a prequel. Oh, you know what? I don't think I friggin' realized that. Maybe at the end I did. Anyways, a prequel set before the haunting of the Lambert family, or Lambert family, if you prefer, uh, that reveals how gifted psychic... Oh, fuck, I'm a fucking idiot that I didn't realize this was a prequel. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, anyways, it explains how the uh, old psychic lady gets her psychic powers and what have you. Uh, And it's interesting. And uh, there were scares. I was scared on several occasions in it, which, when watching a horror movie, is a desire that you have. I'd probably go, and uh, I bet historically I don't give horror movies fours. I bet you historically most of the time they're going to get threes, just because I enjoy them while watching, but wouldn't watch again, which is what I use my threes for. But this one, I think maybe I, I would watch it again. Sort of watch the whole series... Maybe have a, a spooky weekend and, and watch them all. With the missus, I should mention, because... Uh, watch this with her, of course, because it is her favorite genre. Uh, I, I, I kind of think she didn't like it as much as I did, even, which uh, is surprising. So I'll go uh, four to five. Hey, there we go. Uh, oh, okay. Wasn't sure if that would work, and it did. Today's television talk is laughter medicine. It's the best. Okay, so have uh, two televisions to talk about. The first, of course, of course, 
going to be Doctor Who. Duh, you might say. Oh, this is uh, something that I think uh, professional uh, talkers on podcasts and reviewers of things do not do, uh, and that is mention things as far as time. (laughs) I don't mean time as far as the Doctor. I mean uh, in the sense that I'm recording this on... And this is what professionals don't do, which I don't know why, so what the hell, I'm going to do it anyway. Set myself apart from their professionalism for some reason. Uh, Today is September 23rd, uh, and that means that the first episode of Doctor Who's Return aired on the 19th of September. Uh, When this episode episode is posting is in October something. I'm not 100% sure, like almost mid-October. The reason for all of this time talk is that uh, I'm going to be a little bit behind as far as talking about Doctor Who. That is a good thing, just for the reason of spoilers. So you're not going to, if you're a Doctor Who fan, probably not going to watch the episode and then, you know, the next day listen to this podcast and have to worry about spoilers because um, I'm a few, almost a month ahead of recording episodes uh, so that, uh, you know, I bank them and then uh, I'm a month ahead of recording. So I don't know really why I'm saying all this, just for the fact that uh, it is what's happening, and perhaps the possibility exists that people listening to the podcast like to know things about podcasts, sort of behind-the-scenes style things such as this. Uh, the only reason I think that is because when I listen to podcasts, which I do every single day, all day, every day, uh, I do like to kind of hear some of their decision-making and what's going on behind the scenes like that. So, I have no... Yes. Uh, (laughs) Let's stop doing that, though, and talk about The Magician's Apprentice. Uh, One thing I kind of wish I had it done is re-watched at least the last couple of episodes of the last season of Doctor Who. Uh, I think I might have known what was going on 100% of the time, whereas I didn't feel like I always knew what was happening. Uh, So, there's that. Uh, this is definitely 100%, if you've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, this is not an episode that you're going to jump into uh, for your first one and know what's going on. 100% I could say that is the case. Uh, Probably not my favorite episode. Uh, Sort of on that note, uh, the the confusion, I don't know if there's a word I would use, but there was moments where I was like, what's going on? Who's that? What happened here? Uh, all of that being said, there were moments of tingly uh, nerdishness, anticipation of things to come, uh, Peter Capaldi showing that sort of, I don't know if I'd call it trademark yet, ability to be mean and think potentially he's not nice, and then moments of brightness where maybe he is. Uh, I still... Despite all of last season and definitely this episode, not quite sure if I've made up my mind about him uh, yet. I'll say I don't not like him, and I'll say that I don't love him, whereas I did with, say, a David Tennant, for example. Um, And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Television doesn't have to be 100% love for a character on a show in order for me to like it. Uh, You can watch a show and hate people on it, and that will bring you back for more and sort of pull you in more than the love would. 
So, you know, I try to keep an open mind. Um, speaking of an open mind, that's not a segue at all, but it doesn't make sense, which my next television program sometimes doesn't, or does, if my grammar is making sense, which it isn't. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Fuck. Jeez, <laughs> oh really falling off the rails today. Okay, so we're out of time, but I'm still going to talk about it a little bit, because you should watch it, and that is Comedy Bang Bang Season 4, now available on Netflix. Uh, when I say season four on Netflix, the first ten, I do believe, episodes, they do it kind of a little differently. Like, they re release season in chunks, uh, which is good. Uh, that way you don't have to wait for every single episode to be made before you can get your hands on it on Netflix. So, that's nice. You could, of course, I should mention, watch it on IFC if you, you know, have access to IFC and still watch television, which I don't really to either of those things as far as I know so yeah uh, my love of Scott Ackerman uh, is well known if you've listened to many of these podcasts or um, would listen to the missus complain about my love of him yeah so this season just laughs galore crying with laughter on more than one occasions I think this this sort of block of ten episodes had me, more than any other that I recall, laughing with a sort of confused, what-the-fuck-just-happened laugh, which uh, is not a, not a sort of usual laugh. Like, a laugh of, why why am I laughing? Not, not necessarily, why am I laughing? Why am I laughing at what happened and what happened? Literally laughing, and I remember this on at least half a dozen times, laughing and saying the words, what-the-fuck, out loud. Uh, which... I think has to do with my love of the show. Uh, I mentioned before my love of laughter, of course, that goes without saying, but something else that I like is not knowing what's going to happen next. And this show has that in spades, is I believe a saying. So uh, five out of five, always and forever, Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the television show, the book, if there was such a thing, which there's not, but maybe I'll write it. Today's book banter sponsor is Slayer Movie Company. Moving Company. I wrote movie, but I meant moving. Fucking idiot. Let's try that again. This lobotomy is looking like it is more and more likely needed. Needed more likely, even. Slayer Moving Company is the sponsor. Super strong girls save you money because you need less of them because they're so strong. Slayer Mover Company. Fucking Jesus. Slayer Moving Company. Uh, I think maybe. How about this for a segue from ridiculous to slightly less? So uh, maybe my problem is that in this book banter, I'm doing something that I don't think I've ever done. Maybe... Back in my book Wednesday days, I did it with uh, Walking Dead, possibly. And that is, read a goddamn comic book. It's got book right in the title, comic book. Ah, see? 
so why can't you slide it into a book banter? Um, you can, as I am proving right now. Uh, okay, so what I've done is, uh, again, if you're a regular listener, which I feel like I've said that too many times this episode, but I'm saying it again now, uh, and that is, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that I recently uh, finished watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Re, 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 re watching, I should say. Uh, and to sort of put a cherry on top of that, I thought I would experience the world of Buffy in comic books for the very important reason that uh, it is a continuation, a canonical, well, nice big word there, a canonical continuation of the television show. It's literally called uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8 and uh, also Season 9. I am... 20 some odd 26 maybe uh, a little over halfway done uh, the issues of season 8 um, so I, I thought I would uh, bring them back here and just to say how much so far I have enjoyed them uh, it's sort of a, a great not a surprise per se uh, I've mentioned from time to time uh, that it's not that I don't like comic books, it's just that I feel when reading them that I'm sort of cheating on my, my book books, which, you know, is a ridiculous statement, but I am ridiculous. So the statement, being ridiculous, kind of makes sense. Oh, got you there in a little logic trap. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Basically, what it is is Joss Whedon, creator of Buffy, some of the writers from Buffy, uh, got together and I guess felt that they didn't want the story to end, rightly so, because there's so much can happen in this universe in which there is vampires and monsters and slayers of said. Uh, so they uh, continued it on. And one of the sort of amazing things, one of the things that I'm loving the most about it is... There's a feeling that they're much less constrained, constrained, uh, which makes sense because when you're making a television show, there's probably things you want to do that uh, to show on screen would cost a shit ton of money or be downright impossible. Whereas, as long as you have the imagination to do so, you can write a story, and uh, the artist of the comic book will be able to draw it. Uh, I suppose within reason. Now, uh, maybe that would be my one slight ding against the comic books. The art style. It is not 100% something that I think I would have chosen. Uh, maybe it's cartoony slightly too much for my taste? I, I don't know. It's just I feel like uh, going with a slightly more realistic... Uh, perhaps darker maybe it's a sign of the times as well uh, maybe cart uh, cartoons comic books when this was created were not as dark as uh, they are sometimes I, I, I don't know and I'm not saying I don't like it by any means it's just it. It's another thing that maybe a, a reason that I have against it is that I don't think the characters look exactly like they do on the television show or sometimes really at all, like the characters. Uh, and maybe that's just a problem in my brain, where I'm expecting to see Sarah Michelle Gellar on a page in a comic book. And maybe that's an unrealistic thought. Uh, one sort of thing to illustrate this fact... Illustrate these illustrations. Yeah. 
Uh, is the f- uh, and this was mo- my most glaring thing that I didn't like of the art style uh, that has happened so far. There was I forget what issue it was in. Uh, they kind of blurred together for me at this point. Uh, Giles was talking to Faith, I believe, and he had on a sweater, and on the sweater was a yellow submarine, as in sort of from the Beatles, yellow submarine, and he would never in a million years wear that. <laughs> like, to such a degree, he wouldn't wear that, that it took me out of that issue, and I was like, what the, this is ridiculous. They're fighting vampires, there's there's monsters, there's giant Don gets turned into a giant, a centaur. The friggin' crazy shit left, right, and center. But the fact that Giles was wearing a sweater that had a yellow submarine from the Beatles on said sweater really was unbelievable to me. So, Jesus, that is pretty nerdy. Um, Other than that, good. (laughs) Uh, And sort of mind-blowing in a lot of things. Uh, Things that... Not only would they not be able to do on the show for technical reasons, probably wouldn't be able to do on the show for other reasons, like uh, the head-up guy saying, hey, you can't do that. For example, and this is a spoiler, which I'm doing pretty good at spoilers today, but this is one, so I'm mentioning again. Uh, Buffy, at one point, and perhaps several points, (laughs) has a lesbian relationship. Yes. Yes. Five out of five. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is a nuclear-powered teeth brush. Because with nuclear, you can brush more than one. Hmm. Okay, a little bit interesting in the Game Gabin department as well. As I think I may have predicted in my last episode, I don't really have a new game to talk about because I hadn't started or had much time to play games on the weekend. So, uh, what I've brought back for you today is something called GameSpot's Fallout 4 show. Mm. Fallout 4 is, without a doubt in my mind, the most highly anticipated game I have ever highly anticipated. Period. So, uh, the good people over at GameSpot develop a fair amount of coverage towards this topic, and for that I love them, but what has intensified that love is the fact that They've uh, devoted an entire new show just for the uh, sort of build-up to its release in November. Its release in November, uh, of which I have purchased for myself a uh, special edition from uh, the World Wide Web, where I get with it a goddamn Pip-Boy. Yes! That I could put my friggin' cell phone in. So that's just, my mind is blown by the fact that I got that. Uh, because they sold out quick, so uh, I feel a little superioric. A little superioric, may not be a word, but it is now, uh, that I'm going to get my hands on one of these babies, so uh, pretty excited for that. Uh, Part of that excitement uh, is going to be fueled by this Fallout 4 show, huh? Segwaying back. 
basically what it is is uh, Lucy James oh you know what I wrote down the new guy's name too uh, Dave Jewett uh, Jew I-T-T <laughs> Dave J-E-W-I-T-T okay so he's a he's a new guy at, uh, uh, at GameSpot because they had a couple people leave uh, so far from uh, what I've seen of him seems to be a nice guy and uh, because he's covering Fallout and I love Fallout uh, presumably, I will grow to love Dave as I do Lucy James, uh, who is one of my favorites. Just period. Just period. Uh, yeah, so uh, it started off with them talking about uh, the history of Fallout as a series. Uh, I've played all the games, not to completion, uh, I should say. Uh, mostly for the reason that uh, I started, the first Fallout game I ever played was Fallout 3. So, uh... I went back and played 1, 2, and Tactics. Was it Tactics? Yeah. And because I did that, I don't want to say they don't hold up per se, it's just uh, they don't exactly hold up per se. <laughs> so uh, I didn't play through them to completion like I did to uh, Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Now those, I played through to such completion that, uh, for example, in Fallout New Vegas, I got every single hat, every single gun, every single, just about everything weird you could find, and have them displayed in the, uh, in the, not rooftop, but in the bar. Uh, if you're familiar with the game, you'll know that, uh, you get a house, or can get a house, uh, on the top of a hotel, uh, if you go up a floor or down a floor, depending on what it was, I don't remember, uh, there's a, a giant bar. So on this bar, I displayed all these things. Uh, man, that makes me want to check it out, dust off my old game. Maybe one day. Uh, and that was on uh, uh, PlayStation 2, so uh, PlayStation 3 as well, I should say. So you know I didn't like cheat to get everything. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Uh, Jordan, mental note, maybe if you're able to, uh, do a little tour of your Fallout New Vegas uh, home and then post that to your YouTube page. Folks, if you are unfamiliar with my YouTube page, you could check it out to find things not necessarily like that, but things that are just as crazy as that. Jordan Maywood on YouTube. Uh, anyways, so uh, this is sort of, to me, got the feel of... Uh, something that I'm just going to watch uh, over the next couple of months to really build up my excitement for this game. So uh, I just wanted to say, uh, if you, like me, are excited for Fallout 4, perhaps watch us along and uh, we'll build up our excitement together. Lovely. Today's Internet Intercore sponsor is the Boobs Theory of Time Distortion. Uh, you know what? I wrote that. I don't... I mean, that sponsor. I don't remember what that was exactly. Anyways, uh, let's talk about things from the Internet, as you do when you Internet Intercourse. Thing the first, uh, Vsauce, the Zipf Mystery. Okay, so the thing about Vsauce... 
Vsauce. Vsauce, rather, is I love it, and I can feel my very brain molecules expanding while watching it, and then when I try to talk about it afterwards, quite often I'll sound like an idiot. This time, I wrote down a few things, so potentially that will help. Otherwise, folks, that lobotomy is... Uh, I can almost taste it at this point. <sighs> okay, frequency of... This is my notes. I'm going to read them verbatim. Verbatim. Uh, frequency of how often words are used fits on a graph in a straight diagonal line. Okay, so... Oh, in all languages. Okay, so this is what I remember that meaning. <laughs> Uh, the is the most used word in the English language. Uh, the second most was, I don't remember, of. And it was used, you know, um, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, half as much as the. And the next word was, you know, as. And that was used half as much as if. So uh, th this line charted on a graph of the words and how often they are used on average in the English language um, in any given work, I guess, sure, um, tr goes onto a graph in a sort of perfectly diagonal line. Now that's interesting. Um, what makes it even more interesting to me, anyways, and I hope to you, is the fact that this is not only the same in English, this is the same in all languages. So the most used, uh, Jap word in Japanese it's, you know, it's not going to be the, it's going to be a Japanese word. Uh, and then its next most popular word is going to be, uh, again, I'm making up the numbers, uh, half as used as that one, and so on and so forth. Uh, even into the, you know, Egyptian and, and ancient languages. Uh, one of these sort of further mind-blowy things of this is no one knows why. <laughs> uh, Michael there over at Vsauce uh, mentioned at the top of that, uh, quite often in his videos, he will end with a reason why these sorts of things happen. But this one, no, no one, no one knows why this happens. Um, the next one, my next note says uh, the eighty-twenty balance found a lot in life and nature. For example, uh, okay, twenty percent of pea pods contain eighty percent of peas. Hmm. Or. 20% of customers make up 80% of your sales. Uh, again, this is one of those strange things that's sort of a zip flaw, which both of these are. Um, that's, uh, he, again, doesn't have a reason for why this exists, but at least has a theory, and that is that this sort of thing is built into our brains. But that doesn't make sense for peas. Because why would peas be that way? I can understand the customer thing, and I can understand the language thing, but peas have nothing to do with humans. If humans weren't here, there would still be peas. Would peas still have 20% uh, uh, of their peas and... Or no, 80% of peas and 20% of the pods? Oh boy. This whole pea pod thing is making my brain hurt. So, we're going to move on to item the second, which is PewDiePie, which I felt like I brought back in a while, uh, being one of, if not the most popular of all internet youtube uh, dudes, uh, you know, maybe it makes sense to speak of him. 
the video in particular I brought back is called Click on Boobs. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? One of my sneaky reasons, and I never, because as I've mentioned already this episode, I'm not a professional, I never think of things such as this to, uh, I guess, help myself. But when you put boobs into the description of your episode, I think the potential exists that that episode may get more listens for some reason. I don't know. So, uh, the fact that I chose this episode of his with the word boobs in it and put it into my description maybe means I get more likes, listens, what have yous. I don't know. Couldn't hoit. Couldn't hoit. Uh, yeah, basically, you've already heard I'm out of time, so i got to speed through this uh, last part. He plays three free games from Steam. Uh, usually the freeness of the game means they're pretty shit. Uh, <laughs> the click on boobs one, that one was my favorite. Not for the reason of boobs, but for the reason that it made zero sense. Literally, girls would pop up on screen and he would click on them just seemingly forever. Seemingly, this game never stopped and all you did was push a button and girls would pop up on the screen and either be hurt in a fight that you're having with them or perhaps they enjoyed whatever your clicking was doing to them. I don't know. It was mind-bogglingly. And then there was two other games. Okay, so moving on to last but certainly not least, perhaps even most, uh, is a podcast, the Nerdist podcast in particular, which I have brought back probably a, I don't know if it's the podcast that I brought back the most, but it's got to be in the in the top percentile of podcasts that I like to talk about here on this one in my internet intercourse section. Uh, this one I, I couldn't resist though because it had on Felicia Day. Felicia Day and Chris Hardwick all together on one podcast was a sort of explosion in nerdy and I suppose geeky goodiness that uh, it's just a delight. It was a delight! Uh, Felicia Day and Chris Hardwick, I think, probably, uh, my most, definitely Chris Hardwick, yeah, probably Felicia Day as well, probably my most, uh, desired autographs for Nerd Kane. Folks, a little self-promotion. Hey, look, I already did the smart boob clicky thing. Why not do this as well to help myself out? Uh, if you... Google Nerd Cane Adventures, what you can do is see adventures of a cane that I have that I've taken around to uh, various cons and uh, not only got autographed by nerdy folks such as, I don't know, the entire crew of the Starship Enterprise, uh, The Next Generation, and also William Shatner and George Kai and uh, innumerable other nerdy folks just you wouldn't believe some of them you wouldn't believe david hasselhoff for example then i will take the same coin and hand it to people in cosplay and take their picture with it why will i do this i don't know i don't know it brings me joy though it brings me great joy and i hope the fact that i've posted pictures of all of these things on the websites on the worldwide websites means that you can enjoy them and feel this self same Enjoyment for no reason of whatever this thing is. Yay. Uh, anyways, back to uh, uh, Felicia Day and Nerdist Podcasts. Uh, we're already out of time. Just listen to it and uh, potentially realize how good a podcast can sound and never come back here to listen to this piece of shit.
<sighs> Folks, that leaves one final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is Ben Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. <laughs> 